0: It's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
1: Let's get the pregame six-pack going, John. The storylines, the people, the trends, the things that we are watching for Sunday's game. You, of course, as the Hall of Famer, have the honors.
2: First, First of all, I'd like to point out the... Jaguars were very fortunate in 2017. The Colts had 22 players on injured reserve and the Texans had 19. That was more than any teams in the NFL. And Jaguars were able to take advantage of it, but they had a great defense. It's amazing how that team fell apart after they were so good and had such high expectations the next year. Right now, there's high expectations because they're two and two. And the first thing I'm going to talk about is what I'm writing about for gallery sports column on Damian Pierce, four games into the season, how well he's doing better than any rookie. And he's going against the Jaguars defense. that's eighth against the run, 93.8 yards game. And they're fourth in average per carry allowed at 3.6 yards. So you know, they're going to be focused on him. And one of the marks of a good running back is an offensive line going against a defense that is stacked to stop the running game. If I'm the Jaguars, I'm focused on Pierce, not Davis Mills, trying to force Mills to pass, of course, and then having my pass rushers get after him. So Pierce needs to have a good game. He's on a pace, Sean, for 255 carries in what would be a club record, 1,331 yards for a rookie, 5.2 yards per carry, and eight-and-a-half touchdowns if he goes at the current pace. Now, considering how little they used him in that first game, I would imagine that would pick up. But when whenever they don't blow a lead in the fourth quarter or get close and can't close the deal, when they actually do something positive and win, I'm guessing Pierce is going to play the big role.
1: That, that 255 carries scares the hell out of me, John. I had not done the math on that. 255 carries – in a season where this team's going to win like three games just feels like such a, feels like such a waste of an odometer. I, I understand. And Pierce is a delight to watch and he's a great kid. We had him on the post game show this past Sunday um, at the stadium following that loss to the chargers. Uh, but it's such a catch 22 at this team. Like if I don't want Damian Pierce to carry the ball very much, that means I've got to watch Rich, Rex Burkhead, carry the ball 10 times a game, which I don't like either. I don't like either of these options. Why can't they go find somebody, John? That can be a backup running back.
2: Daria Gumbawale he's on the roster
1: yeah they really love using him I mean like it's yeah it's <laughs> <laughs> I I don't know it's uh anyways if Pierce Pier, you're right no Pierce Pierce has been uh absolutely fantastic so far um and he had that breakout game on Sunday against the um uh, against the Chargers John my first one in the pregame six-pack uh I'm going to stick with the Texans offense versus the Jags defense and I'm going to go with the the tackles for the Texans, Laramie Tunsil and Titus Howard against the edge rushers for the Jags. They have Trayvon Walker, of course, the first overall pick in the draft, who's done some good things this year, but he got kind of owned by Lane Johnson last week in that loss to the Eagles. Um, Josh Allen, not that Josh Allen, the other Josh Allen, the Jags' Josh Allen, has been really good this year. Three sacks, four TFLs. He's been uh, very active, very disruptive. Um, If the Jags are in a situation where they're able to, tee off on davis mills because the texans can't run the football uh then it's going to be incumbent upon laramie Tunsil, who's been really really good this year and titus howard who's been decent this year but not great he's made some mistakes and he got dinged up too in that last game um i think that's the matchup for the texans offensively those two tackles against the jags pass rush got to keep davis mills clean he's not been good under pressure this year
2: well excuse me one of the reasons i like Walker's because he could play up and down the line. If I'm the Jaguars in passing situations, I move him over Kenyon Green, mm. just coming off an awful game in pass protection, and I see if he's any good because Green got pushed back into Davis Mills twice and he got him sacked once or twice, and it was a bad game for him. So I put Walker over there because he's big enough to play from tackle and rush up the middle, and I think it'd be a great test. My next one is going to be Davis Mills, of course. And I, I tweeted this uh, when I saw it. the uh, espns come out with all its updated rankings. And uh, they have four of their experts uh, ranking their top five at every position. And all of them have uh, C.J. Stroud's the top quarterback. Uh, three of them have Bryce Young, two. Another one has Will Levis. And then they have either Levis or Young third, and it's interesting because Todd McShay has three quarterbacks in the top seven, and that would be one and two Stroud and Young and Levis seven, and but it's, uh um, and then there's a distance between Levis and Anthony Richardson of Florida, who is the uh, consensus four but they don't say if he's a first-rounder or not. Mm -hmm. So, you know Texans fans are watching them because Davis Mills has not been very good. Now, he's coming off his best game. He made some good throws. He needs to get the ball to Nico Collins. You know, uh, he's had eight passes dropped. That's tied for fifth in the league. And uh, it seems like when he gets sacks, they come at the most inopportune times. Yeah. When they're either trying to score – to go ahead, sack. Are they in the other team's into the field? Sack. It's just, it's just physical and mental mistakes at the worst time. But they need Mills to have his best game. Play the way he played last year when the Texans won in Jacksonville. And see if they can come up with their first victory.
1: All right, John, my next one. So that's two for you, one for me. Here's my next one in our pregame six-pack previewing the Jaguars and the Texans in Jacksonville this Sunday in week five. Um, I'm going to go with the Texans pass rush. Uh, Trevor Lawrence was shaky as hell last week against the Eagles. He, he had five turnovers himself, uh, interception, bunch of fumbles. Um, he was real, real shaky. Now the Eagles have a fearsome pass rush, maybe the best pass rush in all of football. They've got all kinds of guys they can throw at you there, and they did last week in the rain in Philadelphia against Trevor Lawrence. Up until last week, the Texans pass rush had been really, really good, had been very disruptive through three games, and then they didn't. They didn't touch Justin Herbert last week. They had one sack, and that was really with Herbert kind of stepping up in the pocket and choosing to kind of slide near the line of scrimmage. It was one sack for two yards, and the two guys that touched him down on the ground got each got credit for half a sack. They had zero disruption. Justin Herbert had all day long. This is with him playing with busted ribs. And so that was a real disappointment for me. They need to crank that back up in this game on Sunday against Trevor Lawrence and put some heat on Trevor Lawrence. They're the less talented team, the Texans, so they're probably going to need turnovers. To They're going to need to win the turnover battle in all likelihood to win this game. Trevor Lawrence is ripe for turnovers. As, as promising as the season has been for the Jags at two 2-2 and two with a couple very impressive wins over the Colts and the Chargers, Trevor Lawrence has not been great this year so far. They've done it almost in spite of Trevor Lawrence, not because of Trevor Lawrence, so I I think the, the pressure is on Jonathan Renard, Jerry Hughes, Rasheem Green, um, the guys on the interior. They've got to get some heat on Trevor Lawrence and get back to what they were the first three games of the year.
2: You know, they are playing Thomas Booker on rundowns next to Roy Lopez or Big Heiney, and then Malik Collins, of course. They're rotating those four. None of them are pass rushers, and they are all got to stop the run. And then – uh, they they have obo and uh, uh, Rashim Green at end, and they're bringing Grenard and Hughes in and passing situations, which means Hughes and Grenard were getting beat on the run. So I'll say the run defense. You're talking about the pass rush. Mm-hmm. I'm saying the run. They gave up three yards game to the Chargers. They uh, oh it's their best game against the run, but the Chargers were the r- worst running team they could not stop Austin Eckler's receiver they did a pretty good job on him and now I thought the Jaguars were higher but they're 17th in rushing and that's with James Robinson coming back from Achilles injury that ruined last season and Travis Etienne coming back from a knee injury that cost him his rookie season but so far they have not been real good last year I believe they averaged 4.5 yards of carry with George Warhop as offensive line coach. He's with the Texans now. So I think they want, to try to stop the run for a second game in a row and see if they can get after Trevor Lawrence, like you're talking about. And one of the things about the run, the linebackers, you know, they're guys are getting on the second level and then the linebackers are missing tackle. The DBs didn't make all the tackles against the chargers the way they had in those earlier games. And that's a good thing because they've got the front seven has got to be better against the run.
0: This episode is brought to you by progressive insurance. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: Yeah, I'll just add to what you said, because I've got a different one from my last one, but I think it's a point worth making. Travis Etienne has not been doing a ton of damage in the passing game this year. I feel like that's what, I know Urban Meyer's not the coach there anymore, but I feel like that's kind of what he was drafted for in the first round last year. I think any coach that's drafting Travis Etienne in the first round is probably drafting him as much for his ability to catch the ball out of the backfield as they are his ability to run the ball. Um, he's only got eight catches so far this year. That's my biggest fear with what you're talking about, John, is it's not the running game, but I almost look at the short passing game to the running backs as sort of an adjunct to the running game. I mean, that's what it was for the Chargers last week. You can tell me all day long that the Texans held the Chargers to three yards a carry. They did that because they didn't need to run Austin Eckler because they couldn't cover him out of the backfield, you know? So um, so I, 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 uh, I am nervous about a Travis ATN breakout game this weekend for the um, for the Jags. So that's that's my fear. My last one and our last one on the pregame six pack special teams for the Texans, a big play on special teams. They've been able to get those each of the last two games. And that's been what I think has really helped them stay in these games. They got the big punt return from Desmond King two weeks ago against the the Bears that they were able to turn into a touchdown in that game. And then the big block of big uh, uh, forced fumble on DeAndre Carter in the game this past weekend against the chargers that, uh, that set the Texans up with an opportunity to take the lead miraculously in the fourth quarter. They were down by, they were down by two, by, uh, by two touchdowns at about the, you know, the, about the, you know, five minute mark of the third quarter. And next thing you know, there there's nine minutes left in the game and they're sitting on the doorstep of taking the lead in that game. Um, so uh, that that's, that's the uh, a big play on special teams, whether it's forcing a fumble, a big return. Desmond King's been really good in the return game, and they need to keep their coverage going. They've been very, very good at covering kicks and punts so far this year. They've not given up to that I can remember any big plays that have really swung a game for them. That's one of the I think special teams is one of the big things that's kept them in some of these games so far this year. So they need to keep that up in this game. They're they're rated fifth in DVOA on Football Outsiders for special teams. The Texans are. The Jags are middle of the pack. The Jags are sixteenth. So the Texans might have an advantage there.
2: And he better start scoring touchdowns because the offense isn't scoring a whole bunch of them. And on that after that great turnover, man, they wasted such an opportunity and had to kick the field goal. Another sack. Another back, sack. Yeah. Sack at the worst time. And uh, but uh yeah, it would help if Frank Ross's special teams who've been terrific could actually score a touchdown, maybe two especially in the fourth quarter when the Texans actually scored 10 points against the Chargers in the fourth quarter after not scoring any in the first three. But, yeah, special teams have been splendid.
1: John, your prediction for the game?
2: Uh, I have picked the Texans to lose. Every game, and I'm going to keep picking them till they win a game. So I'm going to pick Jaguars 23 to
1: 17. The trend is your friend if you're John McClain. He he will not he will not bet into a trend. So you got him covering the spread at least. Yes, what six and a half? Six and a half. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've got Jags 27 19. I think the Texans. Uh, I think it's a touchdown and a bunch of field goals for them. I think they'll be able to move the football a little bit against the Jags. But I think they're going to bog down in the red zone, kick a bunch of field goals, and I'm not super confident in this defense shutting down uh, James Robinson and Travis Etienne at this point. And by the way, Christian Kirk's been very good for them. That's been a good – that was a free agency signing that got a lot of heat because they people felt like they overpaid for Christian Kirk. Uh, he's been really good for them. He's been better than anybody that Kyler Murray's been throwing the ball to out in Arizona so far this year. Somebody
2: was used, excuse me, Sean, as an example, blasting the Texans. Well, look at Jacksonville. And I told him that's a very unfair comparison because the Jaguars have had the number one pick the last two years. They've been stockpiling high picks for years. The Texans have not because of Bill O'Brien's trades. And they had all kinds of money under the salary cap to spend, and they win March. Now, next March, Nick Casario will have money to spend, but but because of where the Jaguars have been, they should be ahead of the Texans. It's ridiculous, yet they keep losing to the Texans.